Time to bring on Ryan Harris, works for Westwood One Notre Dame Network, also a member of the Broncos Super Bowl 50 championship team. Ryan, always a pleasure. Great to speak with you, man. Jim, great to be with you this Friday morning, brother. Let's start off with uh, the news that, that, that broke the last couple of days. Uh, before we get to the Broncos and everything that's going on with the Broncos right now, Nick Saban steps down. Uh, his good friend, uh, Bill Belichick, parts company with the uh, the New England Patriots. So a couple of coaching legends. Uh, maybe going different directions, maybe the same direction. Maybe Belichick decides to do what his friend is doing and, and retire. But uh, give me your take on Belichick and Saban both uh, stepping down, or in the case of the Patriots, uh, parting company after 24 years and six Super Bowl championships. We'll start with, you know, Bill Belichick, Hall of Fame coach, and, you know, really just an incredible career, 24 years, six titles, all those things. And he is, what we've seen the last couple seasons from Bill Belichick is what he showed before he had Tom Brady. Look, he got fired from the, from the Browns when he was the coach there because they couldn't cut it. And now without Tom Brady, the hard, fear-based coaching that he uses just simply doesn't work. So, um, it was a necessary change in New England, but I also think with the hiring of Gerard Mayo early this morning, because he had fixed a contract before the season, putting in a stipulation he would be the head coach, I think this has been in the plans for a longer time than people think. And for Bill Belichick, it's just a different age with kids, with the, with the young people coming in. I mean, he hasn't been able to keep his first-round picks on the roster. He has not been able to develop Mac Jones, who, how do you win a national championship in college and then you can't play football in the pros. So there were issues there, and I think the voice had just run out, and that style of coaching has run out. And I think Nick Saban found that same thing, even saying himself, if I was younger, I'd probably be better. He doesn't have the energy and the, the that it takes to coach and lead young players this year, even though he got to the college football playoffs. I think you're seeing two older coaches realize the game is different and they don't have the tools. And, and Saban also made the reference, too, that you know, his health has been, while well, well not uh... – you know, it's it's not been a case where he's been in the hospital a lot or anything like anything like that. But he is seventy two, and his his health is not, uh, uh, you know, not where it once was, and his stamina is not where it once was, and that's why he's decided to to retire. Do you think Belichick will go to some place like the Chargers or the Falcons, or do you think he's going to follow what is the foot in the footsteps of his friend Nick Saban and go? Okay, this is it. Incredible career. I'm not going to be the the all time winningest coach in in league history. But I'm I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer, and just go. Okay, I'm done. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what uh, Nick does. We'll go to the Bahamas and hang out. I think Saban is done. I, I do not think Bill Belichick is done. Now I think Belichick will take a year and go you know go to the coasts and see family and things like that. And by the way, Jim, uh, Bill Belichick, one of the highest requested speakers on the speaker circuit, and he's one of the best because he cho- shows people what he shows his players, who he does like, uh, the type of person and leader that he is. But there are too many head coaching jobs. Look at a place like Carolina, uh, the Chargers. I mean, those are two places where, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to to build and establish a culture. But that takes years. And for Belichick, how much more money do you need? And at the same time, you know, anytime Belichick leaves the pages and is going to coach somewhere else, it's like Montana playing for the Chiefs. Yeah, we remember it, but that's not what we want to remember about that NFL great. And going farther back, Johnny Unitas is going to the Chargers. And yeah. his career ending in a very, very sad fashion with the, the San Diego Chargers. Ryan Harris with us today on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned coaches like a Belichick that don't connect with, with younger players. Can we say the same about Sean Payton, though Sean Payton's not Bill Belichick's age. He's he's quite a bit younger. But are we, are we, do you have a similar situation with Sean Payton 
and and the relationship he has with Broncos players. We do not have the same similar situation with Peyton and Marvin Mims Jr. says hello, right? Uh, Patrick Sertan says hello. Uh, Justin Simmons says hello. So these are players who have responded. Uh, Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin. And for, for me, what's tough with everything that's happened with the Broncos, the biggest thing people forget is you really had no tight end the entire year. I mean, how many other teams in the NFL didn't have a tight end? Greg Dolchich is injured, but you really don't have another pass-catching threat. And, oh, by the way, that was the biggest security blanket for any quarterback, especially Russell Wilson. You think about the career of Will Disley, an unknown tight end who all of a sudden came to prominence because of Russell Wilson. They just didn't have that. So I believe Sean Payton can reach young players. He has reached young players on this Broncos team, and he needs more talent uh, across the board on offense to be successful. Take us through your thoughts on, on the Russell Wilson situation and how that was handled or improperly handled. Well, I understood from just a scheduling standpoint, with two games left, you wanted to create a spark. I, I get that. And the strange part is they're going to have to pay Russell Wilson $80 million if they just release him. So that's going to be a dead cap hit, and that's going to be something where if you're Russell Wilson, you now do want out. You want to go to a place like Atlanta, or you want to go to a place like the Commanders to give yourself an opportunity. Um, but it was just a, a strange and a seemingly unnecessary thing for the, the Broncos to do, for Sean Payton to call. And even stranger, Jim, is asking a player to take a $37 million, take $37 million off the table or they're not going to play. I mean, there's some issues there with labor law that the Broncos might get into. But more importantly now, Sean Payton, as a leader, has put all the pressure on himself. I think he wants it that way. Uh, but it's going to be very difficult to find a quarterback with the salary cap constraints and the lack of draft picks that the Broncos have. Ryan Harris, a uh, member of the Broncos Super Bowl 50 championship team, uh, Westwood One, and also uh, Notre Dame Football Network joining us today on the Team Sports Network. M- my take has been you, from what you saw from Russ this year is what you've seen, and like you mentioned, lack of a tight end. I mean, there's been there's a lack of some talent around Russell Wilson. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But the numbers you saw from Russ this year is what you've seen from him in, in, in pretty much average years in Seattle. And, and so to me, you're getting exactly what most what most of Broncos country wanted was Russell Wilson when when he was successful in Seattle. And, and so I guess I just don't – I don't understand what – I understand the money. I understand that maybe Russell Wilson doesn't fit what Sean Payton wants in terms of a rhythm passer and things like that. Doesn't fit what, what he feels like he needs in a quarterback. But in terms of – Production. Russell Wilson's numbers better than any quarterback the Broncos have had in quite some time. His numbers are on par with what he has traditionally done, considered an upper tier quarterback. I guess I'm just, I guess, is the relationship just that bad between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? It's unclear. It must be. I mean, look, Russell Wilson, even missing the last two games right now, has thrown for more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts, and CJ Stroud. I mean, what, I mean, your top 10 in touchdowns. You got a high completion percentage of 66%. I mean, that's what I mean by who are you going to get to beat that? What do you want? 69% completion percentage? I mean, he's got one less touchdown than Patrick Mahomes on the season. So it's just a difficult situation that's hard to grasp from the outside, not knowing what's going on in, in, in the locker room. It just feels like while well, they, they won eight games this year and they were in the playoff hunt, you know, obviously deep into the season, into, into Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve and everything. It just, uh, Ryan, it feels like it's now steps backward, not steps forward. Well, and, and think about this for any of us. What would we feel like if your boss didn't want you to said, hey, if you don't do this for me in your contract, you're not going to work? Yeah. I mean, 
Russell Wilson operated like that for a long time, <laughs> you know. So to to think that Russell Wilson was still productive with as much noise off the field going on as there was is really remarkable. So this is a big test for this Broncos organization, and uh, and it's a test that was thrust upon because of the decisions of uh, Sean Payton, and uh, we're going to find out what the plan is because all of us are saying, "What's the plan here, Sean? What's yeah, the plan?" Absolutely, and and I agree. I mean, Russ did a, to what a what a great job of just tuning out all that stuff out. I mean, a lot of people, that would have got to them. It didn't with him. He just kept playing. He just kept plugging away. And, I mean, a lot of credit, I think, has to be given to Russell Wilson for, for tuning out what was a major distraction and something that would have you know, ticked most of us off at our, at our boss and, and our performance wouldn't have been that great. I, I guess when you look at, first off, if, you, if you're picking and you're the Broncos now at number 12, what direction do you go with the twelfth pick in the draft? Well, you have to go quarterback. I mean, unless you have a unless between now and at some point in the future, Sean Payton repairs the the bridge that was burned with Russell Wilson. You need a quarterback. So uh, the good news is, is there's a ton of draft draft depth at that quarterback position in the 2024 draft this year. I look at a guy like Cameron Ward, a player who would be there at twelve super high to pick him that that high but still somebody who can give you um some thrill i mean i've seen caleb williams three three different games that i've called jim at quarterback he's not the guy he is short he is erratic as a passer he's pouty with his body movements and stuff it's just it's not the kind of leader you want to bring in now, drake may is going to be gone before the broncos even get a chance maybe Jaden daniels is available at 12 but if you're the Broncos and you need a quarterback, you're calling the Houston, Te- you're calling the Chicago Bears, excuse me, and saying, "Hey, what kind of deals can we make? Maybe you get a Bo Nixon late. Uh, I think Michael Penix will go before him, but that could be something that's available. So you're looking if you're the Broncos at Cameron Ward, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, if you're lucky, and Bo Nix. And either way, those rookies are going to have to learn the NFL. And I know C.J. Stroud has people believing every rookie can do it, but let me tell you, Jim, they can't. So it's going to be a tough situation either way. And I know from talking to players who played for Sean Payton, he runs an old-school offense, that Parcells offense, that has long play calls, tons of shifts. It's going to be very hard for a quarterback to get used to that coming from the college game. Ryan Harris with us today on the Team Sports Network. One final thing about Russ. The comment was made by George Payton that the, the door is still open for Russ to return. Are you, How much are you buying that? Oh, I'm buying that. Look, this is a, if you look at what was actually said, Sean Payton just talked about making a spark for the team. And anybody watching, happy for Jared Stidham to go one and one, but he just wasn't the same quarterback that Russell Wilson was. So the door is open because the team is going to have to eat $80 million either way. But if you're Russell Wilson, how do you come back? I mean, I know from talking to people close to him, he was very frustrated with the situation, but maintained a positive attitude. And if you're him, you don't want to stick around in, in, a, in a perceivably a town that doesn't like you and a coach that doesn't like you, especially when you have a little bit of football left to play in your career. So absolutely, I buy the door still open. I buy that for about $80 million, Jim. <laughs> we'll see how, how uh, the diplomacy of Sean Payton works in the offseason. We're talking with Ryan Harris, Westwood One and former Denver Broncos offensive lineman. Ryan, getting back to the draft real quick, when it comes to – if the Broncos do ultimately decide to part ways with Russ and draft a quarterback in the first round, maybe they make a move to go up from 12 to a top five pick. Would you, Ryan Harris, take either Bonix or Michael Penix Jr.? 
I take I take Bo Nix, and this breaks my heart to say because I love Michael Penix yeah. Jr. I think he's the guy. I think he's the most pro ready guy. But I'll tell you, Bo Nix has a lightning arm, and he is quick in passing the football. But what people don't know is that I've seen when broadcasting his game against USC, he's looking to the sidelines for plays, and that's not what happens in the NFL. So I'm not sure Bo Nix has called a play the last two years of his college experience. Has far more, far better health overall than Michael Penix Jr. who's had to overcome two knee surgeries. Um, but this is something where if you can get a Bo Nix, I mean, that's a great player. And, and look, let's look also. J.J. McCarthy's available, national champion. That could be a player as well who catches the eye of Sean Payton. Let's go back to your – let's go to your stock and trade the offensive line, which started the, the same offensive line group with the exception of that final game with the Raiders with McGlinchey going out with the rib injury. What, what do you see the line looking like in 2024? Give me kind of your evaluation of what you saw this year now that we have a full season of the book of that, that offensive line of McGlinchey and Powers, Cushenberry, uh, Quinn Miners, and, and Garrett Bowles. Look, the line's going to look different next year, and it needs to. They gave up the sixth most sack yards in the NFL this year. At one point, Russell Wilson was under pressure 41% of his throws. I mean, let's be clear. Ben Powers had a bad year. He had a bad year for being a marquee free agent coming over with that big money. He made too many mistakes at too many moments throughout the season. I think Garrett Bowles continued to be uh, you know, above average in his play. And look, no one else gets to be above average in the NFL. And the greater issue is that you have a Jerry Judy who's, who can get you two catches for 50 yards but can also drop you two catches for 90 yards. And you've got no other receiver really outside of Cortland Sutton. You need speed at receiver, and you need it now. And arguably, wide receiver is a bigger need than quarterback for the Broncos, specifically given the comments of George Payton. So tomorrow, it's Super Wildcard Weekend with Westwood One right here on the team all weekend long. This weekend, Ryan, the upset that you see happening will be which game, which team? The Steelers versus the Bills. Look, the Bills, the, the Dawkins, their tackle is out. Gabe Davis is out, star receiver, who is a huge piece of of the success of that Bills offense. You also have a neck issue being suffered by uh, Josh Allen. And look, the Steelers are down. T.J. Watt, I get that. They're also getting back. Minka Fitzpatrick. And look, I'm going to cheer on Mason Rudolph as long as it can be. And for some reason, Jim, it's crazy to me how we're penalizing head coach Mike Tomlin for winning. The only coach, apparently, who people are unhappy with, even though he goes to the playoffs. So, this is going to be a, uh, an upset. I also think that the Texans beat the Browns. The one thing people don't talk about with Joe Flacco is he's had eight picks in five games, and that defense for the Houston Texans is as good as their offense, who, oh, by the way, has Nico Collins coming off of a 195-yard receiving game. So I got those two, guys, those two teams winning on Saturday. All right, so what does the schedule look like for you? Man, I got some serious XM work, some CBS work, but fortunately, Jim, I get to spend Wild Card Weekend at home for the first time in a few years. My son's getting into card collecting, so uh, the card shop near us is having a little pizza and card night, so he's going to take his little binder and meet some friends that like cards, too, and I'll just be sitting there eating pizza, watching TV. Sounds fun to me. you got to love that little family time, football time for Ryan Harris this weekend. A little downtime, that's always good. Hey, Ryan, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I always appreciate the insight and the knowledge, and uh, hope the New Year's off to a great start for you and your family. Always great to be with you, Jim, and Merry New Year, my friend. Have a good one. You take care. Ryan Harris. Take care, Ryan. Happy New Year to you, sir, and Always appreciate Ryan Harris coming on the program, talking with us.